welcome. It's time for another episode of the Marriage Podcast. I'm sorry it's been so long. <laughs> welcome to the Marriage Podcast Network, helping you find and keep passion and fun in your marriage. Broadcasting from Tuscola, Texas, here are your hosts, Trey and Corey Gibson. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Marriage Podcast. This is the show where we hope you find and help you keep passion and fun in your marriage. The date today is Thursday, May the 2nd, 2013. It has been way too long since we've done one of these with you guys, and for that I am very sorry. Our topic for today is going to be, we're going to do our uh, Respect My Authority, Putting Your Spouse in the Place, Part 2. Is it part two? I thought we did a part two. No, this Mm-mm. is part three. No, this is part two. Are you just kidding? This is part two, We've guys. had part two ready for three weeks. So oh, that's maybe. what it is. That's what it is. We've been sitting on these notes for, for this long. Okay, yeah. so, just, I mean, all excuses aside, sorry, we've had a lot of stuff going on between sicknesses, et cetera, and whatnot. And, uh, it's amazing how life gets in the way. Yeah, yeah, sometimes it does. Especially when you, when you have as many kids as we do. They're like little virus traps. And so, if you go anywhere, they just they just sit there and they just snap and they just they they absorb whatever they get and they bring home. And then, if we're lucky, like last week, we get a stomach virus that just starts oh. with it started with uh, Corey, yeah, and did start with me. and Cora, and then it moved to Grant, and then it moved to yeah, no, everybody Anna. got it. We'll just leave it like that. Mm-hmm. It was nasty. He was just nasty. We really aren't like sicky sickersons, but it just kind of seems like it's just. It's been kind of one thing after it's uh, it's church. I know it is. We catch them at church, and I mean I've gotten Germex and sanitizing hazmat suits, and I mean it's just, <laughs> yeah. And my friend says it's because I wash my hands too much. She's insistent that I wash my hands too much. So. And Corey says it's because I bite my nails. So yeah, well, yeah. Anyways, so. <laughs> but anyway, in case you guys do not want to spend the rest of the show talking about our gastrointestinal tracts and the viruses thereof, we're going to talk a little bit today about Respect Mount Thorita. We were not initially going to do a part two to no, this. No, we weren't. And uh, when we put together this initial show, we talked a little bit about uh, authority, submission, and uh, some of those other different things, those topics that are real hot button topics, depending yeah. on what side of the fence that you roll on. And uh, we ran that show, thought it went good, had good feedback. But let me tell you, we got a metric butt ton of comments on these things, comments, yeah. questions, thoughts. And, and, and so what we kind of did was we took them and kind of rolled them into the best representative of the types of questions that we were getting. And one of those was, uh, it, so we've really broken these down to about three different ones that we now have here that we're going to go through and we're going to talk a little bit about some, some follow-up questions that were so good. They were so rich. And, and I realized that, that Corey and I just, as we talked about this, we thought, man, these are just so good. We've got to, we've got to follow up with these. So we're going to, we're going to go through those here in just a little bit before we get into that. Guys, let's go through our housekeeping. If you want to get notified of the new episodes that come out on Marriage Podcast Network, are Trey and Corey putting out a show this week or, or are they not? <laughs> hey, we got a way for you to do that. If you go to the marriagepodcast.com over on the right hand side, you'll see where it says get notified. If you put in your email address into that, we will make sure that you keep updates of what the heck's going on. When's going on when's our new episode coming out and hey what are we talking about why do we do that we do that so that way you do not ever get to that one episode that you miss and you get there two or three weeks later things have come apart wheels fell off and you listen to that show and you're like if we just would have heard this three weeks ago everything could have been different we make sure that we offer that to you guys completely for free so that way y'all can stay in tune and make sure you never miss that one episode that you need guys also don't forget to uh, go like us over on facebook share conversations over there 
the uh, sister station of Family Podcast Network has uh, we've got a lot of traffic generated. So I'm, I'm ready to see MPN launch, man. I'm ready to start talking about some heavy duty stuff over at Facebook about marriage, or maybe not even heavy duty, maybe just even kind of funny. So anyway, go check us out over there on Facebook. We've got that. There's links at the top of the screen. We all can go check that out, guys. Also, if you have any questions, comments, topics that you want to hear, encouragement that you want to throw at us, we have yeah. given you guys a booty ton of ways that y'all can connect with us. Uh, you guys can always email us Trey at the Marriage podcast, Corey at the Marriage Podcast. I had to stop and think. I've got a lot of emails nowadays. Yeah, you know it is interesting when you have a couple of websites that you do, and and uh, even little Etsy accounts or faith, you know, whatever it is, they kind of all blend together. Yeah, we've got a we've got another we've got another secret secret show that we're we're developing. We're actually putting together another website uh, as we speak. On a whole different topic, but one of the things that we do is we keep the title, the, the excuse me, the URLs for each one of them kind of consistent across the yeah. line, so they're kind of familiar for people. So that's wonderful, right up until you got to tell them the you know the email between the individual ones and not try to get them all confused. So next up, guys, we always have uh, internet voicemail over on the side. Uh, if you click on that little Ask Corey and Trey a question. It'll bring up a little box on a page that'll allow you to hit record. Once you hit record, as long as you have a microphone connected to your computer, you will be able to record your question directly into that. It is super cool. But the coolest thing is is that now SpeakPipe, they have done that, have offered support for that also on the iPad or the iPhone, anything that has a microphone built into it, or the iPod if it has the microphone built in. And you can actually click on that and get a little app for it that will allow you to record any question that you have at any time. You click that app, you can click on the Family Pod, or the Marriage Podcast Network and then record your question directly into us. Uh, at this point with the account that we have, you do have approximately 90 seconds, that is a minute and a half, to get your question in. So make sure that you make your, your question quick and succinct. I ask you you guys, please put your question at the start of the message. So don't give me a whole lot of backstory and then ask your question, or it's very possible you're going to run out of uh, 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 at a time. So ask your question at the start, then you can fill us in on back uh, backstory. And like I said, you've got a minute and a half to do that. Now you can also call us on the phone. This is actually the uh, show for uh, this is actually the number that we use for uh, the Family Podcast Network, but it works for you guys as well. You can call six six one. Parent and the number zero. That is six six one. Parent and the number zero. If you're out and about, if you're driving around, more than likely if this is a podcast. You're probably listening to it on your iPod or other Android device, etc. If you were doing that, and you're like, oh dang it, I've been meaning to ask Corey and Trey a question. You can call six six one. Parent zero. Ask your question. Make sure you let us know that it is for uh, a question for Corey and Trey on the Marriage Podcast Network. Uh, nobody answers that phone. We do not have that go into a line. Uh, it will go to automatically to a voicemail where we will be able to take that message and uh, put it up on the show and have your question on the air. So. Again, that is 661 parent zero. And then last, guys, you can always contact us through the page uh, or on Facebook, those kinds of things. A lot of people like to IM us. We've noticed that that's kind of been the favorite method for most yeah. people to touch base with us is through uh, the, the messaging system on Facebook. It. And uh, it's there for a reason. We want to use it. We're both huge Facebookers. And so you're going to get a pretty good turnaround yeah. uh, on response time pretty from Pretty fast one. Yeah, you really do. So shoot that over to us. All right, Corey, anything else on the housekeeping before we wrap it up I today? Think I, and I do want to mention real quick, if you do send us an email or IM or whatever and it takes us more than just – really a couple of hours, either one of two things. It was really a tough questions and we're ruminating or we may have forgot. And that does happen every once in a while. And don't hesitate to just message again and say, Hey, hey what up? So I, I really try to stay on top of it. it. Cause a lot, a lot of times actually what'll happen is when we get a notification, it shows up on Trey and I's Facebook. Is that the correct mm-hmm. vernacular Trey and I's anyways, it shows up on our face feed and if, if no, it's that not. Face, yeah, shut up. And oh, no, if one of us clicks onto it, it doesn't show the notification anymore. So, anyway, sometimes we've lost a couple in the hustle. We always catch them back. But, um, anyways. 
Yeah. You, you know, Corey brings up a good point, too, that we want you all to know. Anytime you'll ask those questions, it's not just one or the other of us. Uh, we always, always, always yes. sit down and confer on our questions. Yeah. And so whenever you ask those questions from us and you get a response from us, it, it is uh, uh, the, the culmination of Corey and I both yes. sitting always. down and thinking about what we believe. So in a lot of ways, you're getting man and woman perspective on these, oh, these yeah. questions that you throw in there. We do that very deliberate, very strategically. Um, we do typically keep it gender gender to gender. So if, if a lady writes in, uh, we have Corey typically answers, and if a, if a guy writes in, I do. Uh, and again, that's just to keep things comfortable and, and that kind of stuff. So if one of you guys write me in, if one of you ladies writes me in and you get a response from Corey, don't take that offensively. It's not that I don't like you or anything like that. And uh, that's just kind of one of the things we do. So yep. anyway, all right, with all the housekeeping out of the way today, guys, let's jump into our topic for today, which is respect my thought. Putting your spouse in their place, part D. Why don't you take it away, Corey? Well, we're going to start out, and, and Trey, Trey's right, we actually got a really great response with this first yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Um, you, we had a couple people disagree. We had a couple people ask questions and, and it did make us want to um, do a part two. So what we really did is take, took a couple of the questions took kind of a, a, a culmination of all the ideas. So I think the way we're going to start one, well, another way we're going to start out this one is just with uh, one of the comments that we had, just kind of give our thoughts on it. Um, it reads, my comment is in regards to something mentioned near the end of the submission episode this week. You said, if only one of the spouses is in submission, then the other is being controlled. I agree with this, but I want to add that the other spouse could also be being neglected instead of being controlled. You know, this question is just a smidge difficult to answer. And one of the reasons for that is, is just the fact that there's, there's no backstory for us. And there's nothing to really kind of put this into a contextual reference. So we're going to do a lot of assumptions uh, in the next few seconds. And, and of course, you all know what assumptions can do. And uh, But we're, we're doing this very strategically because we're, we're anticipating and expecting that there are some folks that are dealing with at least the way we're going to approach this. But when it comes down, I'm going I'm to requote this last one. It says, I agree with this, but I want to add that the other spouse could also be being neglected instead of being controlled. I would say those are the same thing. Yeah. Uh, those to me sound a little bit synonymous. So maybe, I mean, I'm trying to think definitively here how you could separate this out. So maybe in some cases, it's not an issue that the other spouse is coming out, guns a-blazing, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Instead, it's just that there's no attention, there's no activity, there's no acknowledgement at all. And so one of the spouses is in is in this submission, and they're, they're, they're taking care of each other, um, but the other one is returning nothing. And so the mentality is I don't feel like I'm necessarily being controlled as much as I feel like I just don't get paid attention to. Ignored, now, yeah. you see the psychologist in me lights up at this yeah. because I would say, what's the difference? Yeah. In reality, neglect is another form of control in a lot of ways. Uh, it can be yeah. several different reasons. And I don't know what's going on with this, with this, uh, with the, with the person who wrote in with this email. I mean, I can't tell you definitively what it is without sitting down and really talking with the family. But some of the things that I have seen in the past are things like this. Um, The person is very scared of making choices or very scared of intimacy. Maybe they're very great with, you know, their their coworkers or those other kind of things, but they're just very scared of being intimate with anybody, namely a spouse, even in this case. And so what they'll do is, is that they just avoid contact with them. They just kind of neglect the other spouse. They don't talk to him. They don't do anything. And while that other spouse may be giving and giving and giving, they're not giving anything. Right. And that is absolutely a form of control as well. Now, it's what we we're going to talk later about passive aggressive and what that is and how there's no place for it in marriages. Um, 
or at least maybe I should say there's lots of places for it, but it's just not a it's not a good thing to practice. It's but, not a good place in marriage. So when I, when I'm thinking about some of this, the my my first thought is it's absolutely probably again this is with very little information, yeah. but it's probably still about control. It's just not the thing that you're used to seeing on TV. Corey, your thoughts? Well, and also I I actually think the exact words, at least I know the exact words that I stated uh, with this first part of this was that if only one of the spouse is in submission, in other words, the other one is asserting all of authority, then the other one that is receiving all that authority is being abused. Yeah. And I think and I said that very heated for a reason. So let me say it again. If only one spouse is in authority, then the other is being abused. And mm. so I I look at it as in that and if this if this person is, is speaking in that this other individual is just being ignored. Well, more than likely, again, like Trey was saying, this other individual, the and, I, and we assume the husband. It doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be that way. Yeah. But we assume the husband is controlling this spouse by neglecting them. And yeah. once again, it is still a form of control. And just because you're ignoring somebody doesn't mean that that's a good place to be. I mean, obviously. And so, I mean, that's kind of what I thought. I mean, and, and typically if there is like neglect going on in a marriage, there's obviously some, some deeper rooted issues than just, you know, talking about submission and authority. So, you know, and we want to be careful when we talk about these words control, because, you know, we're not trying to demonize this any, any further past what it is. I think most humans desire control in some way, or, or at least the illusion Order. of it. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're pretty big here about the mentality, Corey and I, particularly as a marriage that, that uh, control really is an illusion. Um, it's, it's something that is tricky. It is something that makes us feel powerful. And it is something that in reality, there's not very much that we do actually control with the exception of um, ourselves and our reactions and the things that we do. Um, but a lot of people want more control than that. They want more, they want more security, more safety, right? They want to be able to control actions. They want to be able to control what's going to happen to them in life. They want to control the hurt that happens to them, right? And so when we begin to get hungry to control these things, we often go to great measures to try and create, generate that control. Let me really yeah. rephrase that, that, that feelings of control. And when you start to see those things happen, when those crop up, when they start to grow, you start to see people become more aggressive or passive aggressive. And that's a lot of times what you're seeing here is that attempt to try to create something that makes me feel like there's no way I could be hurt. And so we're, we're saying all this in the mentality that we all kind of have that propensity to go to that, to gravitate towards controlling you know, things, people, situations, yeah. our children, whatever it is. And, uh, and, and the reality is, is that control is kind of the antithesis, the complete opposite of what actually makes good marriages, which is relationship. You see, a relationship says, I know who you are. I connect and I relate with you on that level, and I trust that you won't hurt me. Control says, <laughs> regardless of what the intent is, control says, I don't trust you. I don't yeah. necessarily think that you won't hurt me. So I need to do whatever I need to do in my means to make sure that you won't yeah. hurt me. Yeah. And this, this is, and, and, and let me tell you guys, that's, you know, the, the, that's, that's why you have to have the mutual submission because mutual submission is built on that, fun, that fundamental mentality of relationship. Relationship. I trust you. 
I choose to trust you. That doesn't necessarily mean in all cases that we have good reasons to, but I choose to trust you. Now, I'm not saying that I support if somebody's hurt you over and over and over or if your husband or wife consistently cheats on you that you should now trust them. Maybe you should. Maybe that's something that you feel deep in your heart you're supposed to do, but we are not supporting that. You put yourself back in those same situations, especially if there have been no changes on their part. Okay, guys, I didn't mean to take it all the way this deep, but we went there. We went there. (laughs) All right. So, well, that's our thoughts on that first part, in case you were wondering. So let's move on to uh, another question we got that I thought was really pertinent with kind of some of the other uh, comments we had received. Um, My question is in regards to the portion of the same episode where Trey speaks about figuring out which of you has the strength slash talent in the various roles of each marriage. What if you're the only one who is the strongest in each and your spouse is content with you doing it all because they aren't as good at it as you Mm. Or it's your gender's role anyway, hmm. or they don't even see the inequality at all. Is there a way to find balance? Can I start this one off? Please do. Please do. <laughs> that is control. I'm going to put it right there. And let me tell you why. Because I am the very worst. Um, yeah. When Trey and I got married, I was four years older than him. And I had lived on my own since the day I graduated high school. And I was, I was 26 when we got married, 25, 26, somewhere around Yeah, something like that. Anyway, so I had been on my own for eight years. I paid all my bills. I had worked two jobs since I was 15. I had bounced checkbooks and rented houses and done home repairs. I had done it all. And so when Trey and I got married, he was four years younger than me. And, and he came from a home where he um, didn't really have to have a job. Uh, everything, most everything was provided for him, a car, um, a home, money, all those kind of things. And, um, he, I'm trying to figure out how to word this without it making you sound like a. No, it's okay. Just call it, just call it as is. We don't have time for. Trey Trey was very, I, I, looking from my perspective, Trey was very coddled. And so from my perspective, eight years ago when we, eight and a half years ago when we got married, I saw a man who didn't know how to do anything. And so, therefore, I did everything. I mowed the lawns. I did home repairs. I cleaned the houses. And I bitched at him the entire time that I was doing all these things and he wasn't doing any of them. But if he ever tried to do any of them, I griped at him for doing them wrong and would go back and redo it. Is this ringing a bell with anybody? Because I think it probably is. And so... I would gripe and complain about him not doing anything, and I would do it all. And if he did try to do something, I'd gripe and complain about how he did it and redo what he did. And so he didn't want to do anything. (laughs) And so it was a really vicious cycle is the best way that I can think of to put it. I never gave Trey a chance to succeed at anything. And in turn, Trey never wanted to try. You know, the flip side of that on my part of it is, and first off, guys, I'm not, I was a lazy slob when I first got married. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm definitive on clarifying and here. I was a controlling turd. 
so you know, it, it, there was not much that was required of me. I didn't have very many chores. Uh, chores. I mean, I, I was given my cars. I mean, you know, the, I never really had to work hard for much of anything. Is the reality. And don't get me wrong, my parents were trying to do the very best they could with what they knew. And I never worked a job. Oh, I take that back. I'd had a couple of jobs, but I mean, they weren't very consistent. They were typically summer jobs and and whatnot. Yeah. And so, you know, I walked into this. Th- there was a lady who started working when she was thirteen versus a guy who was real theoretically still in college and still hadn't worked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not yeah. really, not real. You know, not really uh, in the fullest sense. And so. There were just some, there were some issues of, I mean, I think bitterness on, on Corey's part because of, you know, I mean, holy crap, I've been having to do this. And then also just some bitterness in the sense that, okay, now I feel like I'm carrying us both, which was true. And, and so I want to, I want to make sure that, the, that this doesn't come off just, um, uh, load, preloading it on Corey's side of it. There were, there were two sides to this coin yeah. that, that had to be, had to be polished to make this bank where it was supposed to be. But so anyway, but. It would typically work like this if I would ever get up and I, I would, uh, I would work on something if I did the dishes and I would set them up. I mean, Corey would come back in and then redo them her yeah. way. Or she, if I had them set in the rack, she would come in and fix them in the rack how she had them. I mean, little stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, I started becoming more bitter, more bitter. Sorry. I didn't mean to turn that into bitter. I became more bitter about it as, as time went on. And I noticed that, uh, I started developing kind of, uh, um, What's the word I'm looking for here? Animosity towards her, mm. especially when it came to work, because my thought was, why in crap's name would I get up and work on anything if it's just going to change later? And while she's doing it, I'm going to have to listen to about how she would. Well, I'd really prefer it if you would do this, or you know, I just, you know, if you, you know, it, just, and it was always, it was just criticism about these kinds of things, and and sometimes it wasn't even in the moment. Sometimes it would be that I do it and she'd leave it alone because she didn't have time, but she would still drop little bombs about we well, should do this. And so what I allowed myself to do. Is I allowed myself to kind of, I guess, a lot of, you know, uh, feel sorry for yourself, I guess. I would kind of throw the little pity parties and whatnot uh, instead of stepping up to her and saying, listen, this needs to stop because this is what it's doing to me. What I'd like for you to do is, could you do this for me, please? Instead of doing those things, I use that as my way to kind of think, well, you know what? Maybe I am kind of lazy and whatnot. But even if I do that, you know, it doesn't change anything. She's just going to do these things and that hurts my feelings. So I guess I'll just keep being lazy right i mean you see how i fed back into that so i kind of used it as a way to justify my means now we're not saying that necessarily this the person who wrote this in is is experiencing exactly what we went through uh with with all of this but it makes me wonder sure does sound familiar it makes me it makes me wonder and so we're saying all this not to dog on you guys on either side of this fence but to kind of give some insight of what it could be get to looking at those things internally what goes on and what happens and uh and so is there a way to find a balance absolutely so Let's talk about some of the answers to this. What are the answers to finding some of the balance in this? Um, Corey, since you kind of kicked this off, yeah. do you mind starting yeah. us off with your no, side no, no, and then no. I'll get on my side? You know, if if you are like I was and like I still struggle with, don't get me wrong, it is still a struggle. Uh, you you got to back off. You got to back off. Yeah. And um, it might, if your husband or your wife um, has problems with motivation, um, there was a time where I'd be like, hey, babe, I'm going to clean the living room and the bathroom. Would you please clean the kitchen and start small? And I don't mean to sound juvenile or degrading, but if they're used to you doing everything, start small. Don't give them, you know, you know, I'm going to do the living room, and the kitchen, you do the bathroom and the bedroom and the ceiling fan, you know, start small. And then when he does or she does their job, leave it alone. Yeah. Just, it. I, I mean, it may look like crap. You may be pissed off and disappointed, but leave it alone. And I would encourage you with every capable breath in you 
to be content. Because let me tell you what, we all have an inherent crap dar, and we can tell when somebody is just trying to placate us. And if you're just trying to placate your spouse by saying, yeah, that looks great, you know, try with all your heart to be appreciative for what they have done. And, and again, you've got to remember, whereas this may be, um, second sense to you, this, this, this is not to them. This is a whole new endeavor for them. And so you have got to be easy. You've got to be calm with them and you've got to give them time and you've got to back off. And let me tell you from doing that with Trey, from us both stepping up on each side of the plate, it has gotten to now where when Trey goes to do the kitchen, I'll say, babe, would you please remember to wipe down the backsplash when you're done? And you know what? He doesn't get pissed off at me about it. Mm. There was a time when he would have. He would have gotten irate. But that's because all I did was gritch about everything he did. Well, you didn't wipe the back of the plates. Well, you didn't, you know, and we don't don't have a dishwasher. So, you know, we've got to be a little more uh, careful about the way we wash. I say careful. It's just a heck of a lot more work. (laughs) Anyways, but because I have built that respect with Trey over the years of, of, of really what it boiled down to was teaching him. I mean, it really was. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Trey? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was teaching. Yeah. And I don't mean that degrading. As no, a, we're not saying training should, someone. Yeah, there you right. go. There you go. There you go. That's good. Because training really is good about thing. is about is about setting something up and getting someone to do it the exact way that we want to do it. Teaching is about giving them the knowledge of what you want. Yeah. But who has to make the choice? Yeah. That person no, makes really the good, choice babe. and does it themselves. That's really good. I like that a lot. Um. Anyways, it was about teaching him how to do that and how to do it appropriately. And now, once again, to this day, what I consider fully appropriate, Trey may not. I iron everything in our house. I iron shirts, pants. I don't iron t-shirts or underwear, but I iron everything in the house. Now, if it was up to Trey, he probably would not do that. You know, man. And I that- like it because it makes it so that when we have to go somewhere, I could just grab a shirt out of the closet. It's already ironed. We're good to go because I hate ironing with a passion of a million flames. And someday when we have tons of money, I'm going to pay somebody else to do it. But to me, that's something that's important. And, and I'm like, throw that crap in the dryer and hit it on <laughs> spin cycle or whatever on the dryer. Not spin cycle. Don't put it on that. If you put it on spin cycle, you're going to give it a hard time. But just put that on touch up. We have a touch up feature. but Yeah, it's you not see. the same. But anyways, I say all that as in your idea of what is right and your spouse's idea of what is right are going to be two different things. And you've got to, what it boils down to, you've got to find a way to meet in the middle. You have got to chill the crap out and your spouse needs to step the crap up. Well, you know, the Corey brings up a great in the way she words this. She brings up a good point that I don't think she was uh, realizing she was bringing up. But what was the focus? The focus is on you. Yes, it's got to be oh, you. Gosh, it yes. cannot be about fixing them. It cannot be getting no. them to where they do these things. Right. It is about get him young so you can train him or any yeah. kind of crap like that. It is about working on yourself. And teaching, yeah. as Corey said, that other person what you would like. You see, the the fundamental core of all of this is it, it, it's about finding that person's love language. It's about figuring out what do they interpret as, I really care about you, I really love you, I really like you. It is first about finding that because I'm going to throw out some suggestions here that worked for me. But your husband may not respond, or your wife, depending on who this is, may not respond in the same way that I do. And so these may be ineffective for you. And you say, you you know, you try what worked for Trey, and you go, well, you guys are full of crap. This stuff doesn't work. Well, okay, maybe not for you it didn't, but yeah. it did for me. So well, some of the things that, that that can be really good, depending on what your personalities are. And by the way, for those of you who are like, oh, man, what, what are you talking about? Five love languages or whatever. I don't, I don't get that. I don't know enough about that. 
Two options is we're going to put a link to it in the show notes today. Go buy the book. We're about to start a series on that. Next week, we're going to start the series. Corey's already drawn up some of the show notes for our week one. We're going to talk about the intro to that, and then we're going to go through each one of those love languages one by one so you can figure out what you are and your spouse can figure out what they are and then finally start communicating in the same language. So. This is also a lot lies in how does your spouse receive, hey, I really love you. What is it? So some of the things might be find what they're good at first off. Now, this doesn't have to do with love language, but figure out what is your spouse really good at? What do they love? What are they passionate about? What do they really enjoy doing? And having them do some of those things, right? Corey and I kind of, you know, the, the more that you grow into this and more that you learn this submission to each other type thing, you get to the point where you begin to look for jobs to do for each other that they hate. Um, I know Corey hates dishes. It's one of the reasons why I talk about it so much in doing it because I know she doesn't love it. And uh, I choose it because she washes dishes all day long. I, I, I tell you, I've never understood, you know, tough on grease, not on your hands more than <laughs> since I've started to love on my wife. We keep a lot more bottles of lotion around too. I mean, I, I'm a dude over here. I'm, I'm moisturizing daily. I mean, I am just whipping the lotion out because that strips your hands, right? But I'm, I'm doing that because I know it's what she loves. And so, you know, help them find things that they're good at, that they love, that they enjoy. That could be a big part about getting them more proactive. Sometimes, in which I think it is what it was with me when we first got married, sometimes they also just are really low in self-esteem uh, or sometimes they just don't know. See, I didn't, my, my parents didn't grow up teaching me. Here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. Here's how you do this. And so a lot of times those things that we traditionally expect, you know, our spouse to step up into, whether it be women expecting men to step up in, in yard work or whatever, or men expecting women to step up in baby care, sometimes they're not taught these things. And so they don't have a very good self-esteem or opinion or perspective of themselves. So sometimes the first step is, is we've got to convince them that they're pretty freaking awesome. And I think that's one of the primary yeah. jobs of a spouse is to convince that other spouse, you know, you're pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. And so it, it's that confidence that builds out of that. So sticking them good at what they're, you know, finding what they're good at, complimenting them when they do it. Corey brought up a wonderful point. It starts small. They may not nail exactly what you think the, the, the most clean version of a dish could be. But if they're at least trying, it's a good place to start, and then you build them up, and then you can start kind of seeing, you know, tra- you know, teaching and training those kinds of things as they go. Um, sometimes things that work, guys, is just do the task. Just do the task in front of them. Let them if they're working on something. Sometimes, if if like the backsplash is important, right, and they've done a really good job, compliment them on those things. Tell yeah. them how good they are, and wipe it down. I, you know, and you got to be careful with this one because Corey is right. Sometimes that can come off as you didn't do everything you should have done. Yeah. So it could even just be, man, I just want you to know how wonderful you did on this. And while they're doing that, just wipe that backsplash down. And sometimes that is teaching right there. And so Corey's done that in the past to where she wanted something a certain way. I don't mind providing that for her. I do it. I don't get it. Instead of saying, you know, Trey, I really wish you would do this for me. Sometimes she just does it and I see it and go, oh, crap. Okay, next time. I'm going to make sure that when I'm done, I'm going to take all of the dishware and put it underneath because Corey likes to have a completely clear uh, sinkware, you know, spot and all that stuff without clutter and junk and, and scrub brushes and, and sponges everybody? around. everybody? I mean, and so, really? well, no, no, everybody doesn't. I, I could, I could care, you know, I couldn't care two rat farts less than, than this, but she likes that. And so when I see her do those things, I make notes. Ah, okay. But again, it takes a spouse who is looking for those things to do that they love. So the, the, a larger part of this answer entails, um, we got to know each other's love languages. Um, to men, who maybe are in this position, or uh, let's be frank, there's going to be women out there that are going to be struggling with this too. I've seen a lot of proactive men with women that, that struggle to find to find that. I'm, my my question for you is, do you love your spouse? And if you do, what do they want? What are they needing? 
What do they get communicated as being love? Find those things and go do them. I know that sometimes it's hard to get motivated, but remember, the motivation isn't about getting it done. It's not about having a clean sink of dishes. The motivation is it's important to him or her. And because of that, because I made a commitment to that person, because it's important to him or her, it's got to be important to me. Yeah. Anyway, I think yeah. I think we've ruminated on this one pretty long. No, so. I think that's great. Okay, last kind of compilation of question that we're going to do. Uh, I wanted to hear your thoughts about men being the head of the house, but yet putting her needs before his. And the woman's role, sorry, that was my fault, and the woman's role in submitting to that and trusting him. I like what you said about a symbiotic relationship. I totally agree about being yourself and not being forced or bullied or anything like that. But I feel like my husband should have a little more authority than me. I feel like I want him to lead. Lead together with my thoughts, wants, and concerns in mind, but still lead. I'm going to let you take off with that one first, Trey. No, that's fine. You know, there's, there's, th- this one, this, this question really was fascinating to me, and we really did select this much one. so. We really selected this one very strategically because of the fascination that it has into it. So, here's how I'm going to approach it. To so the writer of this and those that are listening, here's how I'm going to approach this. There are multiple versions and perspectives of how we lead in leadership. Um, there's there's two major fundamental categories. One of those categories being is that there's positional leadership, which is I'm the boss, I do with this, you know, you're going to do that, and you know you're going to do this because I say, right? It's my position as yeah. this tells you that you're going to do that. Some people are very attracted to that. Even good people, even good people in good marriages, they're still very attracted to this mentality because in a lot of cases they like this approach of I just kind of want somebody to tell me what to do. Now, is there anything inherently wrong with this? It depends on what your perspectives and viewpoints are as a couple, uh, as a person individually, um, as to whether or not that's what you go to. Corey and I, Corey, and correct me if I'm getting wrong or if I'm misrepresenting you on this, but we don't necessarily endorse positional leadership. Uh, uh, the reason for it being is that it, again, it's dictatorial. I'm the boss. You're the you're the you're the whatever, and you're going to do what I say. Uh, so that's real easy for people that hate positional leadership because they're like, "Oh man, yeah, I hate that crap. I don't like it." Yeah. Some people, however, are very fond of this because for whatever reason it is. And I, this is not what I'm saying is going on here necessarily, but it makes me wonder: is that some folks, especially those that don't feel like they have the ability to be a leader often don't like to not have this type of positional leadership because they like people making decisions for me. So one of the things that I'm just I, I just I can't help but wonder is, isn't that what's going on here? So that's that's part of it. the other half of the, the leadership spectrum that comes to that, that we talk about, the one that we endorse personally as as Corey and I as a, as a, as a married couple is what's called p- persuasive leadership. Persuasive leadership is more about building a relationship with each other, and when we build relationship, when we focus on taking care of that other person, again, you might call that the mutual submission that we talked about in the first question. When you focus and spend time on that, whenever you put your time into that, that other person wants yeah. to follow you. They want to be a part of that. So Corey and I are what, are, what you would call very egalitarian people. We, we firmly believe in... Um, each person, uh, the, the, the male and female, are absolutely equal. Um, that doesn't mean that there aren't certain tasks that we're, we're good at. I mean, you can ar- argue in a lot of cases the physiological perspectives that men and women are different from that viewpoint. And I won't argue with you. I won't fuss at you. But, like, people will run this that, that men are just physically stronger. 
Well, I mean, have you ever seen the 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 buff, just ultra weightlifting chicks? I mean, I mean, sh- some of those ladies out there could kick my butt. And why are they where they are? Well, they've put time and money, and so yeah. we know that the body can be built to be physically stronger than your average men that are out there. And so I even have a hard time accepting that. But I'll, I'll take it. So, well, Trey, I mean, if you just take a look at the natural physiology, obviously men are more strong. Uh, Maybe, okay, and I'll concede to that in the fullest sense, but, you know, sometimes I wonder if it's just a psychological thing that that ladies are convinced that they are. But, okay, we're not here to talk about gender role differences today. What are we talking about? We are, so going back to it, we're, we are very egalitarian, that we believe that each one of us brings an equal level of things to the table. Uh, we're very non-traditional in what we bring to the table. Corey brings carpentry skills, and I bring parenting skills, which is typically very converse for most men and women's roles in marriages. So we, we take a very equal perspective on this. And so as such, even in leadership perspectives, Corey and I, I, I mean, Corey, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't really see either one of us having a definitive, oh, my rule goes, and if you don't like it, we're going to go with this. Or even in in a sense of, um, well, you know, we, we disagree on something, and then we get to the end of it, and then, well, you know what, Corey, I really don't agree with you, and since I'm the man, um, I'm just going to make this decision for you. Corey would try to do that sometimes. Uh, even still, you know, say, hey, listen, you're the man, you can make that decision yeah. and whatnot. She'll sometimes still try to do that, but I, I just don't let it go there. I, and that's and, not because that's not because I don't like making decisions or or making hard decisions that could be wrong. I've gotten very good at it, but I really believe that there is an equal mutual level to this marriage that we are equal people that we have equal levels of understanding. And I even believe that when I make a choice to make a decision in marriage without Corey being at least somewhat on board. I have a belief system that it's actually not the right thing because I believe that if, you know we talk about how we're believers in God. I believe God put us together. Because it is the balance of our two personalities that, that bring us out. I'm wondering what you're thinking, Corey. Well, I, I almost think you might be taking this the wrong way. What what I am seeing through this question is almost that the wife is trying to control the husband into being a more authoritative figure is kind of what I'm taking from this. And let me tell you why I'm taking it from this. Trey... Um, we talked about when Trey and I first got, I'm tra- sorry, I was trying to think how to word this and my computer's frozen and it won't let me scroll my notes down. Anyways, um, Trey, thank you, babe. He handed me his notes. Um, Trey is, uh, um, I don't want to say passive cause that's a very degrading word. Trey is not an aggressive person. He's just not, he is not your, um, um, big burly flannel wearing man, um, go get them. Somebody looked at me cross-eyed and I'm going to go kick their butt kind of guy. He's just not, he is laid back. He is easygoing. And for a long time, I didn't look at it as being laid back and easygoing. I looked at it as being a weenie. I looked at it as being passive. I looked at it as being a pushover. And I wanted him to be more aggressive. I wanted him to stand up for more. I wanted him to be more go-getting. And and some of this probably could have carried over into some of the laziness that he talked about that he struggled with. But the fact of the matter is, Trey is not an aggressive person. But that is who he is. And it makes the other parts of him so much better because of his personality. Now, don't get me wrong. Somebody looks at me 
cross-eyed, Trey has no problem standing up for me. Or somebody looks at his kids wrong, he has no problem standing up for them. So he's not a pushover, but he's not an aggressive person. And so what I'm, what I'm seeing is, here you go, babe. What I'm seeing in this is that it's almost as if this spouse is wanting her husband to be something that he is not. And, and she is wanting him, it appears, and she can write me back if I'm wrong and cuss me up one side and down the other if I'm really wrong, but it appears as if she is trying to change him to be somebody that he is not. Now, he might be an incredibly lazy guy that doesn't do anything but sit on the couch to play video games. However... She might be an incredibly over-controlling woman, and he may not be able to do anything right to begin with. So here, we might have a case of of her telling him, hey, I need you to get up and do this and that, and da 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 He does it. He does it all wrong. She gets ticked off. He feels like he can't win. She feels like she's having to run the show. And once again, we've just got a really um, frustrating mix here. So, you know, I went through all the things that, that is probably happening or occurring. And, of course, all of this is assumption. But my encouragement to, to answer this question, quote, unquote, my encouragement is to be honest. I mean, honesty is always the best policy. And if you feel as if your husband is not stepping up to the plate, tell him. And you need to say, you know, however you would tell him for me, it would be like, yeah. babe, listen, I need you to step up more. I And I we did that with finances a few months ago, earlier this year. I finally said, man, babe, I'm done. I'm done with doing finances. I need you to do them. And he has. He's done a remarkable job. But again, I mean, you can't, you can't assume and you can't expect your spouse to read your mind. And if you are craving for someone to be, leading you more then let them mm. and tell them tell them i need you to step up at the plate i need you to do xyz i'm sure there is something that is occurring that is causing you to ask this question whether it's he's not doing finances like you would like him to or something like that but once again i encourage you people can't change unless you tell them what they need to change in. Mm. And I used to That's clean good. I used to clean houses, made good money, but the very first thing that I would always tell my clients, if there is something I am doing that you don't like, tell me because unless you do, I don't know. That's and they good. did. And I was an incredible house cleaner because of that. And I made really good money. But it was because I wanted to know and people were willing to tell me. So if you are wanting that changed, and this can, oh my gosh, this can cross over every aspect of marriage. If you are wanting a change to occur, you got to tell them. No, I'd say that is so heavy duty right there. Um, first off, Corey, very, very uh, insightful answer, just for the record. Um and the other thing that I really want to encourage you guys with as well, and maybe this is not an issue with you guys, but don't be afraid to lead in some areas too. There's just going to be things yeah, that you're better at. Absolutely. Um, that absolutely. is not an excuse for him to not be leading in areas. I do. If you're feeling overwhelmed, yes. you're right. You you, yeah. you need help. I mean, we 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 got to look at this marriage as kind of like you know, there's there's an old scriptural reference. Whether you guys believe in the Bible or not, there's an old scriptural reference that talks about marriage uh, needs to be equally yoked. Yeah. And that reference goes back to. 
the mentality of they would use oxen to 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 plow fields, right? So what they would do is they would put two ox together or oxen together, and then they would put a yoke around their neck, which was this thing that would connect to this this large beam of wood connected to the plow. And so what would happen was you never wanted to take a big a bigger ox and then put it with a smaller ox or a uh, you know an old strong one with a young weak one or an old you know broken legged one with a perfectly healthy one. You never wanted to do that because you would never be able to keep a straight line on the plow that you did you'd be going around in circles right and marriages are the same way is that you need people that are equally yoked again whether you believe in the scriptural reference behind this the metaphor behind this is heavy and so there's the two people have to be pulling both of their weights and so it it really if you kind of look at the, the the theme stitched throughout almost all of these questions there's kind of an essence there that these are these are folks that aren't feeling like it's equally yoked whether it's one way or the other yeah and that's what we're talking about when we're talking about this equal submission thing is that it's about yoking yourself and that you're carrying those two sides of these things equally in such a way that doesn't leave one person feeling like they're doing everything or that they can't do anything. It's about finding that balance balance and striking it out. And, and Corey, really, her synopsis for this last question is in the, the deepest way the most representative answer for all of them is the answer is we need to talk about it. We need to sit down. We need to visit about this. We need to know what we're needing. Hey, it bothers me when you don't do this because I feel like you're saying that I need to do everything or uh, what I want from you is this and then whatever you want to see change. And uh, and so Corey brought up just a great point in that. Uh, is there anything we're, we're hitting forty five minutes, Corey? We, we are, we are. We're going to wrap it up, but I, 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 there's, there's just something I want to say real quick. A couple of things about what submission is not. Submission is not forcing a spouse to do something because of their gender, or forcing a spouse to do something because you have the stronger personality. That is not healthy submission. Yeah, that's control. And that can bleed over into abuse. Yeah, that's good. Submission is also not rolling over and agreeing just because of gender or just because you might be the more agreeable spouse. Again, submission is about equality and agreement. Sorry, guys. That was our daughter coming into our recording studio. The door always sticks and it makes that loud noise. So sorry about that. Especially We're after always, a rain. It's like uh, this whole 120-year-old house like shifts. But yeah, it really anyways. does. So if you record in your own home in this place, you, you, it's, the fact of the matter is you're just going to have to deal with kiddos. So <laughs> parent first. All, All right, right, Corey. Anything else we need to talk about before we wrap it up today? No, I think we're good. I think we're good. And like I said, we're, we'll uh, uh, hit it next time with uh, our intro into um, the five love languages. Very exciting. We will be putting a link to that in the show notes today. If y'all want to click over, y'all can jump over to Amazon. Go ahead and order that and start reading. Uh, also, you can, uh, if you have an account through Audible, like we recommend, you can also start listening to that on your phone. They do have that there at Audible. And uh, I do recommend that if you get the opportunity to start reading, uh, regardless of what our show is going to be going over, we're going to go over the highlights, the most important pieces of it. There is not enough time for us to hit every single piece of that book, and I highly recommend that you get into it. Dr. Gary Chapman is amazing in what he wrote. I think he we're was, not getting paid to say that. No, we're really not. He revolutionized our marriage and how we approach things in, in a lot of ways. I, I would probably go as far, Corey, to say that it's likely that, unbeknownst to us at the time, he saved our marriage oh, and, the, and the principles that he had there. The I principles think. are marriage saving. Mm, I, mean, I agree. But anyways, well, thank you guys for listening today, and oh, that was so pretty. 
obnoxiously perky sounding. No, it was perfect. This is a radio show. You're not supposed to sound blasé on this. You're supposed to have a personality. Welcome to this. You did good. Trey's really good with a, a radio personality. I just, I yeah. I'm no, just, don't let don't you start running down this little excuse. Oh, I'm just really not. No, no you are. Just you just you don't want to. Me, I, Trey's a ham. Is what a boy I am. do. Trey's a ham. I am not. I'm like yeah, whatever. Anyways. But thank you for listening. And uh, again, questions, comments, concerns, cussings, Corey at themarriagepodcast.com or Trey at themarriagepodcast.com or find us over on Facebook. We'll see you guys next week.